Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Joel Brzezinski here and Mike Kapler. It's Growing in Grace, as our lovely host, Amy Walter, just let you know. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on uh, this week's edition of Growing in Grace. More freedom to talk about. Cap, I love this freedom that we have in Christ. Uh, man, I'm telling you, I... I lived, uh, you know, it seems like it was longer and longer ago, but you know, it was a brief part of my Christian life. Now that I've been kind of set free for oh, 15 years or so, it seems like it was so long ago, and it seems like such a brief period now, but I lived a little period of my Christian life in what I now would call bondage. A great lack of freedom, feeling as if I was always falling short, feeling as if I was never going to make it, feeling as if I needed to maintain my own righteousness, my own standing with God through what I did. We've been set free from that now, and man, it feels so good. Every, uh, Every year that goes by, I just stand more and more in awe of all that Christ has done for us. And and I think about what an insult it is to the spirit of grace, to the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, if we're not living in freedom. And I don't mean that to put anyone on a guilt trip if you don't feel like you're living in freedom. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm saying that to help you be free. <laughs> but, Good one. you know, we we really do need to you know, focus in on this this freedom that we do have in Jesus Christ and enjoy it and walk in it on a daily basis. And and I know it takes time. It's been a journey for me. I know it's been a journey for you, Cap. We've come nowhere close to arriving, but it is really great to talk this stuff out and, and to really understand the freedom that we do have in Christ. Yeah, you know, uh, that's funny, though. <laughs> I, I feel guilty because I'm not sure I'm living in freedom. Um, guilt can come in all kinds of different ways, can it? Um, you know, that that's the thing. You've been freed from, from guilt, no matter how it may appear to you. You know, we, what we were talking about in Galatians last week, Joel, where we were talking about how we're no longer slaves, but we're children of God now. And then Paul went on to say, and, and again, he's talking to the Galatians who had been completely entrenched in God's grace, given the free gospel as communicated by Paul. And then after Paul left, some people came along who also claimed to be believers in Christ, but still held dear to the law. Yes, you must believe in Christ, but you must also carry certain aspects of the law into your faith as well. Paul is now writing them back and saying that is not true. He says, now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? It's as if they desired to go back into bondage from something that they had been freed from. Can you imagine being set free from prison and then wanting to go back, not even having deserved needing to go back. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? You weren't arrested again or anything like that. You just wanted to check back in like it was a hotel and say, I'd, I'd like to come back. Now, I know there are stories out there from people who spent decades in prison, and that's all they know, and that's just where they felt comfortable. And, and that's sad when that, that happens. That is the sad thing about I mean, that, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's really sad. It shouldn't be that way. They're just so bound up that they, they can't become free. And that's almost like how the Galatians became. They were returning back to the prison from which they had been set free from. And then Paul goes into some other stuff here as we move along in, in Galatians chapter 4, Joel. The illustration he gives here between, and, and I don't want any James Bond jokes from you today, Joel. <laughs> that's right. I did that last time. He starts talking about the Bond woman and the free woman. <laughs> that's right. All right, I'll refrain from that, and I'll refer people back to previous program if they... Uh, but uh, we've talked about this before, the bond, cast out the Bond woman and her son. And, and, uh, and I think that Paul makes a really, really wonderful point here. That he says, tell me, you who desire to be under the law. I mean, right there he's saying, hello, listen up here. You, you, you know, you want to be under the law, listen to it. Do you not hear what the law says, and he, he goes on to talk about how Abraham had the two sons. God had made the promise to Abraham that he would have a son in his old age. Abraham and Sarah went you know, by a few years and, and didn't receive that promise, and so they tried to do it themselves. So, you know, Sarah said, here, take my bondwoman, Hagar, and uh, you can have a baby with her. And so that was the son that was born of the bondwoman. A few years later, though, God did fulfill the promise, which he was always planning to do. It took 25 years, but it, it did happen. And then he did have a son through the free woman, through Sarah, which was the child of promise. And so Paul says here in Galatians 4, these things are symbolic. Further, the, these things represent the two covenants. Uh, the first one, the child that came, you know, from the bondwoman through Hagar came from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage. Now, let me just focus in on that. It came from Mount Sinai, and it gives birth to bondage. Well, what came from Mount Sinai? Of course, it was the law. The law came from Mount Sinai, and it gives birth to bondage. And I just want to flip over real quick to Romans 7. The bondage of this law. Here's what Paul said about that. He said, sin taking opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire. Uh, for apart from the law, sin was dead. I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And he goes on to say that the commandment which he thought was going to bring life, he found to bring death. And uh, sin took occasion by it, deceived him, and by it it killed him. And so that's the bondage that comes from the law. People think that, that the law is going to help us to stop sinning. No, it just increases sin all the more. And so Paul says the law, it came from Mount Sinai. It gives birth to bondage. He goes on to say what we need to do. He says, the scripture says, cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman should not be heir not be heir with the son of the free woman. Cast out the bondwoman and her son. Cast out the law and what it gives birth to, which is bondage, uh, lack of freedom, increased sin, and so on and so forth. And so I think that's an important, this is a very important passage that Paul's talking about here. We need to get rid of the law. He says over and over again, I repeat this, we need to die to it in order to be free, in order to be married to Christ. Some observations on what you just said, Joel. Uh, first of all, I think it's interesting that Sarah, as you mentioned, offered to Abraham, since they didn't have this promised child yet, and they became impatient instead of believing, she says, here, uh, take this woman. You can have her have a child. This will be the child of promise. The woman offered that to Abraham. That His wife offered that to him. Sarah did. And Abraham took her up on it. <laughs> I mean... Mm -hmm. I mean <laughs> 
come on. Abraham <laughs> should have known better than to do that. I mean, I, I know that his wife just offered him another woman. And Abraham thought, hmm, that makes sense. Of course, Abraham, come on. <laughs> it it kind of reminds me of the garden, doesn't it, to you, I was Joel, just thinking of that thing, too, yep. Yeah, Eve offers the fruit to her husband, says, hey, you know, serpent told me this. Hey, baby, how about a piece of fruit? <laughs> uh, why is it we guys have a hard time turning women down, Joel? Um, in any case, uh, both Adam and Abraham should have known better. But the other thing I want to point out that you were, were talking about there, Joel, and, and I know we've discussed this in a, uh, quite a while ago in a past program, there are hundreds of laws, right? But you could basically divide them up into just about three categories. You had the uh, sacrificial laws with the animals. You had dietary laws with food, of what to eat and not to eat, and when not to eat it and all of that. And then you had the moral laws. And I just think it's interesting that in what Paul is referring to here in Galatians chapter 4, in trying to distinguish between the two covenants of the old and the new, that he points out the laws given from Mount Sinai, which we know started out with the Ten Commandments. So he's talking, you know, in his illustration here, in, in, in trying to make his point, he brings up the moral laws. Now, in churches today, most of Christian churches today will not have a problem if you get up and start preaching against dietary laws. Why? Or, or if we were to have a, a hog roast or something like that, it wouldn't be a problem. We're having hot dogs, or, you know, whatever. It's not going to be a problem going to for Red most Lobster. churches. You can eat what you want. In most places, we're going to have a food fellowship. Also, if you were to preach against sacrificial laws, that Christ has become our sacrifice, we don't need those animals anymore, you probably won't get much of a, an argument from most churches because we don't sacrifice animals in, in most Christian churches today. And I would imagine just about all of them. So no argument there. But there's something, uh, there's some sort of sacred ground out there when it comes to the other set of laws that we will call the moral laws. Uh, the Ten Commandments, for example. Um, but that's the one that Paul points out here mm -hmm. as bondage. The laws of, of, of Moses, the Ten Commandments, Paul points out and calls them bondage. And Joel, I've said this before, and uh, we've heard another teacher tell us this too many years ago. That, in most churches, is not going to fly. <laughs> no, in fact, I was... Oh, I read something that someone had written the other day, <clears throat> you know, people talking about the the foundation of the United States of America. And I won't get political here, but, you know, people calling this uh, a Christian nation. And they'll refer to some of the founders of the United States of America who had talked about how, and I, I don't know the exact words, but talked about how this nation was going to be founded upon and it's going to be lived by moral people who stake their ability to follow the Ten Commandments. That's as much I'll say about that, But it, and it's continued on in churches in that somehow we think that our life in Christ is going to be enhanced, it's going to be uh, founded upon our ability to follow and live by the Ten Commandments, but you are so right on the spot there, Cap, that what Paul is talking about there. Uh, the two covenants, the one that came from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage. Exactly, you're exactly right. What what mountain did Moses go up on, where God gave him the the two tablets uh, with the law written on it? That was Mount Sinai. So the Ten Commandments came from Mount Sinai. They give birth to bondage. 
and that was the bondage that we needed to be freed from, and, and again, that we had to die to in order to be free in Christ. Well, certainly you can't deny the element of God and religion in the founding of this country here in the United States, but this country doesn't need the Ten Commandments. Uh, those are great moral laws to live by. What we really need and what every country needs and every individual, it's not the Ten Commandments, it's Jesus Christ who has become our life. That's what we need. And really this country, Joel, it was founded upon the premise, uh, the idea of freedom of religion, um, to practice whatever faith you wanted to practice, Ten Commandments or, or something entirely different from that. That's the freedom that uh, you know our, our founding fathers in the United States wanted to see. Uh, for people to practice a faith of their own. And uh, that's what freedom is, you know, uh, freedom to do what we want. But as we grow in Christ and grow in His grace, certainly, as we understand our identity in Him, uh, we're going to uh, flow in a love relationship that is going to allow His life to flow through us and manifest itself out there for the world to see. That's what we hope. Well, we've been talking the last few weeks, Cap, about how we've been freed from the law and freed from guilt and shame and freed into a loving relationship with God. And yet, even so, Cap, I know that there are people out there who still kind of carry around that guilt and shame needlessly. Well, stay tuned as next week we begin to address some of this stuff, getting rid of the guilt and shame in our lives, right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard weekly on Gracewalk Internet Radio and other online sources around the world. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.